0: And then there were four. Welcome in. Today is Monday, June 3rd. And yes, we're coming to you on a Monday for this edition of the Rocktown Sports Pod by the Daily News Record. I'm Greg Medea, JMU football beat writer at the paper and host of the podcast. Joined alongside today by sports editor Jim Sacco and prep writer Cody Elliott as we'll get you set for the Virginia High School League State tournaments uh, the end of the spring high school season uh, in our coverage area there are four teams with a chance to win a state title you have got turner ashby softball page county softball page county baseball and spotswood boys soccer and one by one we'll go over their chances to make history and, and win a state championship uh, on this edition of the rocktown sports pod Guys, this is this is it. This is the last week of the high school season. Cody, it's it's been football, basketball, and now into the spring sports. A long year. You're like East Rockingham. You just kind of just don't stop. Uh, you've covered all different championships. Uh, as, as this year comes to an end, what are you most excited about for this week? Is as there there are four pretty good
1: teams uh, in our area with with trying to make. Uh, trying to make history, as I said. Yeah, I mean we've we've we covered a team that made it to the you know to the state semifinals in football, and then we get um, you know we had two basketball teams make it to the state championship. And I think you know just looking at the four remaining teams, you certainly got at least you know a couple, maybe two or three there that you, that, that have a, a legitimate chance, I think, at making it back to to a state championship this week. Um, obviously, it's a tough task for any team to do that, but I think um, you know at, at least two or three of those teams that are remaining have a, have a, as good of a shot as any team in the state to do that to do so.
0: And Jimmy, you got two, and we'll get to them in a minute. But you got two defending champions uh, in the Page County Schools, uh, Page County Baseball, Page County Softball. As you look at them and they try to do what's very tough to do, how do you kind of? put a bar on how how challenging of a task that is, not only to win one, but, but get back and do it again.
2: Well, that I mean, that bullseye always gets bigger. I mean, even as the season rolls on and Paige is winning, you know, what, 40, 41, 42 straight before that loss, uh, it's just it's a tough thing to do because now you're facing teams that you may have faced last year in the state tournament, and you know what, they've gotten better as well as you've gotten better. if They've gotten a little older as you've gotten older. And it's just, I mean, repeating in the Virginia High School League uh, and anything really is just a, a really tall task, and especially when Page Baseball didn't do themselves any favors by, by losing that regional championship game the Stewart's Draft and forcing them to go on the road. I mean, Page softball, a little bit of advantage get to stay at home. They don't got a long bus trip ahead of them. But, I mean, that's, you know, that just – you know, you you don't ask for that, man. You don't ask to be hitting the road in the first round of states, and you certainly don't ask for that bullseye to get any bigger. And it just keeps growing.
0: Yeah, no no doubt about that. But let's start with Class Three softball. Uh, our, our most local of the bats and ball teams uh, is still left uh, in Turner Ashby. The, the softball team there, the Knights, they're another one going on the road uh, to Cave Spring. Uh, that game will be Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday evening, and Turner Ashby enters the state tournament, 21 and four overall. They're the Valley District champs, uh, but lost in the Region 3C championship, three uh, nothing to Liberty Bedford. So that puts them on the road, Cody, and gives them a quite quite the task going to Cave Spring.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's a team that they faced last year, the team that lim- that ended their season a year ago. Um, you know, it was just it's it was a bizarre situation because you know I was at that game against Liberty Bedford, and and it was a pitcher's duel for throughout the for first four innings and really throughout most of the game and there was just you know one inning where Liberty had managed to get two hits and then one um, double from from a Liberty player ended up you know bringing him two or three runs there and, and that was the difference I mean that was the game and and you look at that game and it, it's bizarre because coming off this semifinal game Jim was at that game and they pound out you know I, I don't know how many hits 18 runs I mean they're just crushing the ball and then they come in there against Liberty and against uh, Millie Thompson um, their junior pitcher and they were just shut down um, I think five or six hits for the game and they just never Never could seem to get it going um, they seemed to get it figured out a little bit late but every time they'd get you know two or three runners on it'd be you know a double play here or, or a flout in the inning and they just weren't able to get anything going and, and uh, you know Clint Curry was obviously pretty upset with, with that after the game and so um, it was just really bizarre to kind of see that side of Turner. Actually, we haven't seen their bats really go dead like that. We've seen, you know, maybe Sizek has a rough game here. They're pitching, and it's kind of shown some vulnerability. But we haven't seen their bats go completely completely blank like they did against Liberty. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of respond tomorrow night. Yeah, that
0: was what was surprising to me from afar, too, because I, I had covered them in the Valley District Tournament Championship game where they just completely blasted. Uh, Rockbridge County I know they're not kind of the same caliber teams that are left Mm -hmm. uh, in these regional finals and obviously the state tournament Uh, but that game you know Carly Davis had the grand slam and they were getting home runs uh, for another home run from Howard and it just you you thought well that offense is pretty dynamic they can go pretty far but to see their bat silence and I guess in softball uh, that's all it takes and and Cody you did catch up with Carly Davis after the game uh, after that loss to Liberty Bedford Uh, and she had said a couple of things I thought were interesting uh, especially about her teammates, you know, not needing to, to hang their heads. So I wanted to play that conversation between Cody and Carly Davis, the Turner Ashby standout who was named uh, the Region Player of the Year and the District Player of the Year already. Uh, so here is Cody with Carly Davis.
1: You guys started to figure that pitcher out late, but he said even last year you guys got nine hits off of her. So what was it tonight that you felt like was maybe some of you guys don't play?
3: I think it was our pitch selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't smart. Um, There are a lot of things going on in the game, and we let it get to us. Right. And, you know, it happens, but we'll get another shot. We're not done.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, does that kind of maybe give you guys encouragement? At least you know that you still get another shot. The season's not over, you know, with us.
3: Yeah, I mean, we know who we are. That wasn't us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a pretty good hitting team, and I just believe that. And the next game, we'll make adjustments. We'll fight our hardest and play, do, or die.
1: Right. Does it excite you guys though? I mean, knowing that you get to go now play K-Spring, I know that's that's you guys played last year. Um, it, I, they won, I don't know if you know that yet, but they won, they did win tonight. So it look, sounds like you guys are going there. I mean, is that maybe kind of exciting, give you maybe a little bit of extra motivation?
3: Um, Yeah. I had a lot of motivation going into this game, mm-hmm. knowing that we played Liberty and um, we played them last year. And I guess this is just like a cycle of last year, but this year we're hopefully going to change it. And right. Go on.
1: What's, what's, as a leader, as a captain, what's your message to the girls to kind of get them to regroup and get ready for next Tuesday?
3: I'm in the huddle. I just told them that we're not done and, like, mm-hmm. don't hang your heads. I told them when we were walking out there, I said no tears. Right. I was like, you're not crying. Like, right. <laughs> we did not – we lost. We're not done. Like, yeah. we didn't lose because we still have ourselves and, like, we still need to fight for each other. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm being selfish saying this, but, like, fight for the seniors. Absolutely, and,
0: absolutely. You know. So, Cody, what was your reaction standing there talking to Carly? Uh, because, as dis- as a disappointing, I guess, as it is to lose a regional final, there is still that that knowing, that good good knowingness, I guess, of of that state tournament that lies ahead.
1: I mean, I thought she represented everything that a, a good leader, a good captain is supposed to be. I mean, you know, a- after that game it would have been very easy for them to be, you know, be discouraged and, and kind of feeling down and feeling like they had maybe lost all the momentum that they had seemed to grab this postseason. But, you know, she had a smile on her face as she talked to me. She, she, you know, she remained optimistic. and. Just talking to the, to Clint Curry as well, I mean, he he, he said they were fine. He felt like they, they're still in a good position. And even when I spoke to Liberty's Mike Thompson, their head coach, he told me that he thought, you know, Turner Ashby still might be the best team left in the field. And he, he expected to see Turner Ashby again if his team gets where they hope to get to. And, um, you know, I think that I think that's what ultimately was what Carly Davis and Clint Curry were trying to say, is, you know, yeah, they didn't have their best performance on Thursday night, but they felt like, you know, their goals are all still there. Yeah, they might have to take a little bit longer of a bus ride, and, you know, that's obviously not, you know, nobody that's not preferable for anybody, but all their goals are still intact and they're still, you know, within reach, and I think that's what she was basically trying to preach to her teammates and preach, you know, to everybody throughout the dugout. Jim, how, how much does T.A. need Davis to be on top of her game as they go into the state
0: tournament, knowing that they're going to face some pretty good pitching.
2: Well, yeah, and now they're fa- – I mean, she's got to be on top of it, and she's got to be that leader, and she's got to be the leader with her voice and with her bat as well because this is a Cave Spring team that's very similar to TA in in this aspect is that they were both ahead of schedule last year. Okay, and this Cave Spring team ended the regular, or excuse me, ended the season in the state championship game where they lost a the tab, and they won ten straight to get to that point, and and only lost three seniors off On, that team, including beating TA. <laughs> yeah, and they only lost three seniors off that team, so you, it's almost like a a, a a mirror match, if you will. I guess what gives Cave Spring the edge there is now they've been that far. They're the same age. It's the same group of girls, just like TA, but Cave Spring has been to the Moyer complex in Salem. They've played a state championship game there. They lost a really, really good, historically good tab team, but they you know, they were there. and and they got hot at the right time of the year last year. So I'm very intrigued by this, just by the fact that, like I said, it's two teams that last year were considered ahead of schedule, and everyone's expecting these two teams this year to be where they were last year. And here they are, back where they are, back where they were last year, this year. That's a lot of years there, I just said. (laughs) And that's what I'm I'm curious about, and I think that, that could be a really, really good Softball game that's either going to take an hour and a half and be one nothing, or it's going to take three hours, go eighteen innings and be one nothing.
0: Yeah, one one run could make the difference, just like you know those couple of runs made the difference in that loss to Liberty Bedford. When you look at TA's pitching, Michaela Sizik, they've kind of just gone as she's gone. If if she goes out and throws a shutout, then they're going to win the game. Where is she at after that loss? How would you kind of assess? Uh, how T.A. feels about her after uh, after they lost a tough one?
1: Oh, I think she's fine, and I think Clint Curry, You know, he he made note of that. He, she pitched a great game. I mean, yeah, she gave. Like I said, she gave up those. There's two or three hits there in that, that third or fourth inning, or whatever it was, that ended up being the difference. But outside of that, I mean, she, she was pretty much untouchable for most of the night. Um, when you look at the box score, I think they had six hits, Turner Ashby had five. So it wasn't like they, they outplayed Turner Ashby by a lot. It was just, again, uh, just a couple of plays here and there. And even behind her, there were a couple of times where, you know, a couple of routine plays weren't made. So I think she's fine. I think she's still confident. And, um, you know, I think they're ready. And if, if when you listen to that conversation with Carly, it was kind of funny. She, kind of made mention because last year they lost to Liberty in the regional championship but then they lost to case Spring in the state quarterfinals and she kind of said well I'm kind of finding our, we're in the same situation or I'm, I'm having deja vu or whatever but then she kind of caught herself and said but we're hoping to change that this year and so I think I think that's the biggest thing is they have that in the back of their mind they they don't want to have that deja vu from last year in that, that same situation because they are determined you know Carly and Michaela are both seniors this is their last chance and so I think that's kind of the main motivation in the back of their heads and she also mentioned there you know she said, I'm, I'm being selfish here, but we need to be playing for our seniors because, you know, it's her, Michaela and uh, Ashton Richmond are the three seniors, and they certainly want to continue their careers. We, we talk about Davis and Sizek, rightfully so, all the time, but, but who's the X factor
0: for TA going into this uh, tournament, They're the player we, we don't talk about enough?
2: Wow, I think uh, Gracie Moyers is lead- at leadoff. I think, uh, you know, she needs to start slapping the balls around and start getting on base a little bit more. Uh, now that we're in the postseason, I think she's. If TA does make this run to play again Saturday against whoever at the Moyer complex, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see uh, Moyers is going to be batting, like, you know. 450 or something over the course of the state tournament, or at least getting on base, you know, every other at bat, if not every at bat. I think she, as much as Michaela Sizik in the circle is, and Carly Davis with her power is. I think you know they need that speed to be getting on base, and I think she might be the. I mean, look at that game against Monticello; they won 18 nothing. You know, she. That first inning, they score four runs. She was on base, you know. Then she was up again the next inning. She was on base. She was up again the next inning. So they're just batting around the orbital. Heck, she batted twice in the second inning. She was on base, base both times. That's what they need to see more of.
1: Yeah, and another another name, um, you know, that, I definitely agree with that with Gracie in terms of getting on base. That was a big problem against Liberty is Michaela and Carly were getting on base, and that was it. And, you know, Carly had two hits, Michaela had two hits, and the rest of the team had one. So, you know, you've got to get some more contribution. I think another name is Kaylin uh, Howard, the outfielder. She's a, a bat that can provide a, a little bit more power as well outside of Carly. Everybody knows Carly will provide the, bet, provide the bat. Um, she's going to be walked sometimes. And so Kaylin Howard kind of comes in there at that number five spot, and she can provide a little bit of power as well. Um, If she can get some, you know, timely hits as well, she could be, you know, another piece there that that they may need for a state run.
0: And as you look at the bracket, you look at who's left in this in this Class Three uh, state tournament. Who's kind of who? Who do you see
1: as the favorite? Uh, who do you guys see as the favorite to win it all? Well, talking to some of the coaches, I mean, it seems like it's a wide open field. It really seems like everybody seems to think that, um, you know, anybody can beat anybody. Kate Spring obviously has the experience from last year. Um, you know, like I said, Liberty's coach was really high still on T.A. They obviously showed that they they have a legitimate pitcher and, and a, a solid number one there in Millie Thompson. I mean, she, she just shut T.A. down completely. So, I think, you know, you just look across the whole 18 field, and I, I really think it's a wide open – I mean, I know that sounds cliche, but – I really think that, you know, across the four quarterfinal matchups, you could see any of those teams advancing. Aside from the TA Cave Spring, because uh, I think either one
2: of those two teams can win this whole thing, I, I like some of those Region uh, 3B teams. I like Skyline. They've kind of they made a nice run last year. I think the first time in school history that they went as far as they did. And I also like Warren County, who I believe won their first regional title since. I mean, it's been a while. Okay, okay. It's been a while since Warren County has been this for you know, won a regional championship. So I like some of those uh, those two B teams. I like those both those two B teams to maybe make a run. I like how they're cross bracketing this year. I like how you're you're getting different matchups this year. Uh, if you look at some of these, uh, you know, who the winners are going to be. I like that they're cross bracketing after the quarterfinals. I really like that, and I think that you know, as cliche as Cody says it sounds, I do. I think that kind of feeds into the wide open field thing. Is that Starting Friday, you're going to get different matchups.
0: So the region, or excuse me, region, that was last week. The Class 3 state tournament for softball begins uh, Tuesday for TA. Uh, They'll play at Cave Spring, uh, which was the Region D champion. Uh, They'll play them Tuesday at Cave Spring High School at 5 p.m. So from Class 3 softball to Class 2 softball, we go where the Page County Panthers will host at 5 p.m. as well, and play not away. Page County enters the tournament 21-5 overall, beat Madison County 5-0 in the Class 2 Region B title game uh, behind Sabrina Fultz's complete game shutout. The Panthers are the defending champions, as we said. Cody, ha- how do you
1: kind of assess the field for Page County? Are the defending champs the favorite to do it again? Uh, I mean, after after um, Saturday's you know regional championship win, you've got to you've got to consider them the favorite. I would I would think. I mean, you know, they're a team that that wasn't really peaking at the right time throughout the year. They were kind of up and down at times, and and they showed you know some inconsistencies at times, and, they, and it was kind of waiting on them to hit that full stride. And and it seems like they've hit it now. They they run through regional play and, and the, to beat Madison County at Madison County the way they did five nothing. Um, you know they I, they had six or seven hits off. Uh, Madison's pitcher Emily Seal, who was, you know, considered one of the best in the state coming into that game, so to go in there and get a win like that, they get an early home run, they they, they just keep pounding all day. And I think after you know stringing together a couple wins in regional play the way they have, I mean, you've got to think, you know, they enter state tournament especially as the defending champs, you know, they've got to be the favorite. That's how you treat your
2: regional championship game, like like Page County did Saturday. That is a hell of a win for them to go over there and play a team that beat them twice by one run all season, to blank them, beat them 5-0, and then... You know, double bonus. We don't got to travel now. You, re-
0: you reap the reward. I think Alan Knight knows that too. Yo, he's yeah. been around long enough.
2: That is just such a. I mean, that is just the that. That's what your regional championship is for. They took full advantage of that. What I like here though is that in the if they win and if Richlands beats beats Floyd County, you have a rematch of last year's state championship game. And watch out. I mean, Richlands got Mac Osborne, Class Two Player of the Year. She's a pitcher. Last year she was the Class Two Player of the Year on April eighteenth. She struck out every batter she every gram batter she faced in a perfect game. 18, she struck out 18 batters, every single batter. She's only gotten better. Sabrina Fultz has only gotten better as well. Once again, let's rewind to when we talked about class three base or class three softball. I like that that you're going to get this rematch of last year as possibly in the semifinals, and and I think this side of the bracket, the Floyd County, Richlands, Page County, Nottoway side of the bracket is your state champ.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. (laughs) But I mean, seriously, you know, I hadn't covered much about the Richland pitcher, but I know Sabrina Foltz, and I've covered her throughout the year, and she has been, you know, as the years progressed, she's she's went through her up and downs, and there was a game against East Rock where, you know, she gave up a late home run that allowed them to win the game, and there's been some other times where, you know, Alan Knight has said she's had her struggles, but it's ultimately made her better, and I think you saw that against Madison. She goes over to Madison on Saturday, holds them to three hits for the game, um, shuts them down completely, and I think, you know, not to the same extent, but in some ways Paige will go as far as she takes them and I, in terms of they know what they're getting with their bats. They know they've got, you know, several big bats throughout that lineup. But if Sabrina's pitching like that, you know, that changes things completely and that makes them that much better. Let me rewind here. I like Lebanon, too, who, who won. I, they, I mean, they beat Richland's
2: one nothing in that Region D uh, championship game. Uh, but that's what you're going to get down there. You're going to get really good pitching, uh, you know, which – well, you get anywhere if you're this far in softball. You obviously have, a, you have, you have to have it. Yeah, you have an ace in the circle. Uh, but I still think this the bottom part of that bracket is uh, just looking at it, I think, the stronger side of that.
0: Okay, when, when you look at Page County's lineup, how much does the length kind of help them? They have a couple of hitters that can do some damage from from Matty Gordon uh, to, to Fultz to Fred Lee to Lucas – Zimmerman,
1: How do you kind of assess that lineup going into the state tournament? Well, they just had it seems like a different player kind of stepping up every night. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Fridley has been one kind of key piece for them. But, you know, Maddie Gordon has had the homers every couple games. It seems like she's good for one. Um, then you've got Taylor Umberger, the freshman, who stepped up last week in the regional semifinals and the regional championship game. And then you've got just so many different bats throughout that lineup. Um, you know, Kirsten Hensley, uh, Caroline Zimmerman, so many different names in there that on any given night can kind of step up. And, and at times out, and he's kind of been talked about the frustrations of that because he's not sure, you know, what to expect each night and it, how it's kind of been consistent. But at the same time, it's also been a good thing in terms of hopefully at this time of year, by the time they've played a full season and now they've played two rounds of the playoffs, you know, hopefully that makes for a pretty potent attack and, and makes for a pretty lethal, you know, one through nine lineup. Lukewarm take.
2: Maddie Gordon's going to put on a show. Oh man, <laughs> Maddie Gordon's going to put on a show these last three games. Her, her,
0: her sister had a knack for it as JMU went forward in the in, in, from from regional play into the super regional. Uh, her sister's Kate Gordon, the JMU standout, uh, home run hitter. Maddie is committed to Penn State.
1: Uh, so that's that, that, that. family has some softball in their blood. Absolutely, yeah. And, and she was big in, in throughout the uh, district tournament and the regional tournament. Um, you know, every time I've watched this year, I've kind of left thinking, you know, I think that she's definitely the best player on the field. Um, when you look at her, not just you know, not just at the plate and the way she hits the ball, but also you know, just the way she plays third base for them. Um, she she didn't play very well on Saturday against Madison, so you know. Going off what Jim's saying, it might be time for, you know, she might be due for a big game, you know, tomorrow and and then maybe into, you know, Friday and Saturday.
0: Experience, playing in a state tournament, playing for a state title, winning a state title, what kind of stock do you take in that
1: and, and how important is it for Paige? Uh, as they try to win another one. I mean, I'm sure Alan Knight would sit here and tell us, well, it, it doesn't mean much, but it certainly does, and, and it's got to for something. I mean, same with Richlands, like, like Jim mentioned. I mean, when teams get that far, it is, it's a different different level of, of playing. It's, it's a different level of play. And, I mean, I just think that, you know, at this time of year – so many with high school players, you know, so many of these players haven't stepped on on that stage yet, and and you know, just like with TA and K Spring, we talked about K Spring being at that at that level. Um, you know, Paige has been there; they've held up the trophy at the end of the year. So you've got to think that benefits all of them. Maddie Gordon, Showtime.
0: We'll switch from Panthers softball to Panthers baseball now. Again, uh, the Page County softball team, that game will be Tuesday, 5 p.m. at Page County High Schools. They'll host away on the softball side. Uh, but the baseball team's hitting the road. Uh, a Weird, uh, I want to say a weird season just from following from afar because they obviously went into this year as the defending state champ. But let's be honest, they've been knocked off in both the district tournament end the regional tournament and enter the state tournament trying to repeat at 20-3 overall, but really not with a lot of momentum going into a championship. In championship setting.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, you just sitting there listening, you hear that. They're 20-3, and 30, so you would think, you know, it's been a phenomenal year, but it seems like all three of those losses <laughs> have been, you know, just huge because, you know, you had the Riverheads loss was the one that ended the 42-game winning streak. And then you had the LeRae loss was an upset to the number eight seed in the first round of the district tournament, a five-win team. And then you have the one the other night where they just it just got blasted by Swish Draft. I mean, the game never even felt in doubt for draft. Um, you know, every t- even the couple of runs, Paige got late. You knew draft pretty much had the game in hands so it it has been a little bit of a bizarre season and you know it's all come you know one of them came when TR was pitching but the other ones have come you know when TR hasn't been on the mound and I think that's kind of the biggest storyline right now going into the state tournament is you know if TR throws or if he doesn't throw who can kind of step up and make the difference and get them through a game because you know they had three different guys throw against draft and Every guy they threw out there's uh, draft seemingly didn't have an, have any issue hitting against them. So, you know, if Stewart's drafts, a fellow Shenandoah district team, was able to do that, you've got to wonder what some of these teams at the state level are going to be able to do.
0: Yeah, this was Wayne Comer, uh, the Page County coach, uh, after that 9 4 loss to Stewart's draft. And Stewart's draft is playing well, but this is what he had to say after the game.
3: Well, they're playing really well right now. You know, they got a good looking guy. ball
0: club. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I, I like them, but. Uh,
1: Uh, They just come out and they whipped our butts tonight.
0: That setback, Cody, as you said, has them on the road, uh, and they'll play King William uh, That's 5 p.m. at King William High School. Jim, how, how do you handle this situation where you have one pitcher who is by far and away probably the best player in the state at that level? But you want to use them? You don't want to use them? When's the right time? What's Comer thinking right now? Is as he's
2: kind of sorting through uh, how to play this? Man, we were talking about this earlier before we started uh, taping. Is like I mean I don't know. What do you, when, I mean I think that is the million dollar question. Yeah. Is when do you throw TR? I mean do you? I mean I guess. I guess you know the probably what makes mo- the most sense is you throw them tomorrow and you throw them Saturday and you hope and you, and you, you hope and get you get hope to the championship. You yeah. hope you get to throw them Saturday. I think that's probably the 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 only way to do it. I mean, you can't sit there and hope you get to throw them Friday and then use them in relief
1: Saturday. I mean, I mean the, the, the best case scenario maybe would be to throw them tomorrow and hope that. They explode for six or seven runs early, and then maybe they can pull them. But yeah, I mean, I think you've got to throw him tomorrow, and then, like you guys said, just kind of hope and pray you can get through Friday and pull off an upset and get to Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm
2: just—it's—it's it's interesting, and it's gonna be—it's gonna—it's gonna take all of uh, Wayne Comer's guile to, to figure this one out. I mean, and, and he's got guile, man. He's got the experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's—he's he's won a series with the '68 Tigers. He—he he knows what's up. You know, he he knows what's up and, and I it's gonna take some guile. It's gonna take some of that, that, you know, Page County Codger guile.
1: I, mean, I think he's gotta to pitch tomorrow just because you can't let your season end without knowing you at least put the ball in T. R. Williams' hand in the state tournament. I mean you can't if they go out there tomorrow and they put, you know, Chase Combs or whoever else on the mound and something happens they lose that game. You know that's that's going to just eat away at, at Wayne Comer and those kids for the rest of the summer, knowing that Tr never got the ball in the state tournament. I mean, I can't imagine they would do that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. You don't you don't want to you don't want to lose with your best guy not even touching a ball. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. not that he wouldn't hit or whatever. Right, right. But uh, if, you, if he if he has a chance to pitch, I think you have to throw him and, and get to the semifinal and hope for the best after that, uh, because at that point, probably the other teams are on their second pitcher as right. well uh which which maybe is is probably a better thing than you're throwing your second pitcher against their first guy. I, I That's at least from my perspective as, as these teams try to figure out and strategize how to use their pitching.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I think and that's what you see in the regionals. That's why you see, saw T.R. pitch the first two games because those are the games you have to win to get to the state tournament. And now it's you've got to win every game. There's no, you know, certain games it's okay to throw them, certain games it's not. So I agree with you. You're going to see a lot of these teams throw their number ones in this first game because they just want to get to the next round. And then, like you said, I think you'll see a lot more matchups, a number twos, Number twos, and then that could maybe you know come up fortunate for them. So you telling
2: me we might see Boogie again for Stewart's draft pitching at some point?
1: That's a possibility for sure, for sure. He hadn't hadn't pitched since the first game of the year, and came out against Page on Friday night and just you know lit it up for him. Did work, yeah, Yeah. out there against a very good lineup. That he even said he said that first four for Page is very scary, and then once he got through it the first time, he said he was okay, and I mean it showed he he never overpowered him. He he didn't finish with a lot of strikeouts, but. Held them to I think six or seven hits, and just like I said, the game never felt in doubt. They just seemed to control the the entire time.
0: And Stewart's draft, just so everybody knows, they're at home uh, as as the Region B champion, and they'll play uh, Tuesday as well against Nandua. Am I saying that you right? You are. You Good job. Good job. <laughs> hey, you know you gotta you gotta take the win sometimes. Uh, look, look, just quickly on Stewart's draft because you've seen him, you've you've been around them uh, this year throughout the Shenandoah District play and everything. Are you surprised at what they've done,
1: kind of going from off the radar to, you know, in the state tournament? I mean, to say to see them where they are now in terms of regional champions and, and hosting a first-round state game, I, I can't say that I expected that. But I did think that they were a better team than their record indicated earlier in the year. At one point, they were 0-5 in district play. They had lost, like, every game by one run. Um, it, it was just very bizarre because they have a, a lot of talent on that team um they've got a catcher Henry cook who I think is one of the best in the district in the region I mean he's he's really really good um, you know then they've got they've got some good pitching throughout throughout their uh, roster and then they've got you know as they showed you know in the regional championship win and the regional semis they're hitting the ball as good as anybody right now so you know you put all those those pieces together um, I think they're just kind of on one of those runs that that's you know magical right now and they just happen to be playing their best baseball at the right time.
0: Jim, who who does Page County need to have a good state tournament? Uh, I know, aside from T.R. Williams, we we talk about him all the time because he's the best player in the area, but where, where do you assess kind of the rest of these Page County Panthers and, and who needs to
2: be good? I just think all the bats got to wake up. I think all the bats got to go out there from the start. I mean, you can't play – If you're having problems playing catch-up against a team like Stewart's Draft, no, and no disrespect to Stewart's Draft, when I say that, I mean it's just if you're playing catch-up in your regional championship game, you can't be playing catch-up in these state quarterfinals, semis, and finals. I just think all-around effort from the bats. I know it sounds like a cop-out, but it's the truth. I think every one of those bats has got to wake up now. You can't you can't lose in this first round and go home and come back in seven days like they did in the Shenandoah tournament. You you know if you lose now you're not hitting the road the only road you're hitting is the road back home and so that just in general that that offense needs to wake up a little bit more and put the runs on the board and and make sure guys like T R Williams on the mound and whoever else they throw out there as the number two guy you know they get enough backing. King William,
0: what do you know about King William and and uh, and uh, some of the challenges uh, they provide? At I mean, it, it, on the surface, it's at least you know the advantage for them is that Page County's taking a, a long ride.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is Page has got a, a really long ride, and uh, what do we say? Almost three hours. Just... Two hours and thirty-seven minutes if you're in a car, not a school bus. I'm, I'm
0: sure Wayne Comer, though, is not going to be in a car. Uh, he, he's going to be on that team bus.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a long trip, and that, that's something that at this time of year no team wants to go through is, is just having to go through. Anytime you've got to go through a long trip, you've got to worry about fatigue, all that different stuff. Um, so it's, it's just going to be a unique situation for Paige. I mean, they, they haven't faced you know adversity like this very much throughout the past two seasons. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they respond, hitting the road, having to do that. Um, and, and like Jim said, I think the bats is the biggest thing, and I think especially right there in the middle of the lineup with Tristan Gordon, uh, another Gordon. Um, Tristan Gordon and Caleb Hilliard, both of them, they have a b- big bats there, and if, if they can provide that power in the middle of the lineup for them, um, get them some runs, because in games where they've been successful, they've usually exploded for a five-run five inning or a six-run inning. If they can do that for them, you know, like I said earlier, it puts Tr in a better spot. It puts the whole pitching staff in a better spot. Um, they didn't get that against draft. They went down early, and it was, you know, they never got anything throughout the night, and that's that's why they ultimately lost. So it'll be Page County at
0: King William uh, on Tuesday evening at, at 5 p.m. as the Panthers uh, start their quest to defend uh, their state championship uh, from last year. And the last state tournament uh, we're going to talk about is the Class Three. Boys soccer tournament. You got the Spotswood Trailblazers going on the road. Uh, and they'll play Tuesday at 7 p.m. against Northside at William Bird High School. The Blazers they enter their state tournament at 15-2 and 2 overall after losing the 3 seed title game uh, to Western Albemarle. Cody, how, how do you give? How do you kind of assess the the Trailblazers' chances to to win a state championship? It always gets a little tougher this time of year uh, on the soccer side for these Valley teams.
1: Yeah, I mean they've they've got a really tough road ahead of them. They've, I mean, they showed that um, in, in Thursday's championship game, and they, they played a good Western Albemarle team. Went down five nothing in the first half. Um, you know, talking to Dan Atwell a little bit, he said he thought they played much better in the second half. They ultimately outscored them two to one in that half but still lost 6 to 2 so that's that's obviously not a great performance there and then now they they face a good northside team um, Daniel Pereira Pereira uh, Virginia Tech signee for northside so um, from here out, I mean, you're, you're facing a lot of good soccer teams, and, and it's spots. It's, it's, it's a little bit different level than what they play in the Valley District and around here. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, they certainly are going to have to pull off a couple of upsets, I think, to to get through if they hope to advance to a couple of rounds.
2: Yeah, and, and Danny Pereira scored both of those goals in in Northside's uh, 2-0 win over Lord Botetourt in the regional championship game. So I think what you're gonna need to see here is that spots with defense kind of be. Uh, And he's a midfielder, so, I mean, he's going to come up and score on you, and and you need to see that spots with defense really, you know, Dan Atwell really preaches how tough his defense is and how, you know, physically tough they are, and you're going to need to see it again. I mean, it's, like you guys said, it gets really tough for Valley District Schools. Or really any teams in the valley. Uh, once they get to this level, you saw when Harrisburg had to go up to, you know, play Mountain View on both those. Uh, the girls got lambasted, but it, it, you know, the,
0: it's a different kind of, it's a
2: different class. Yeah. 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 The boys played a much better game. Boys yeah. lost one nothing. The girls just got hammered.
1: 10-0, was it? Yeah, I think ten nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and you just see the 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 void that sits between the the two regions or the region these two regions when it comes to soccer. But, again, I mean, this is a team that went to the state semis two years ago. I mean, this is a team that, you know. Third straight trip (laughs) trip to the state tournament. Yes, I mean, this isn't anything new. I think what it just needs is, you know, the Blazers need their defense to really shore and toughen up to get over this hump. And, you know, and I think once they get over a state hump, uh, you know, then the sky could be the limit for this program. Well,
0: well then they lose that factor of oh, oh I
1: got to play a team from over the mountain, exactly. or oh,
0: I got to play a team from you know Roanoke, or oh, I got to play a North, northern Virginia school. Well, you, you, you lose that.
1: What'll be interesting is against Flavana in the regional semifinals, they it would. The defense did not play very well at all in the first half. They made some adjustments, shut them down in the second half, and ultimately came away with the win. In the championship game, you saw that. They gave up five first-half goals. They made some adjustments, and they, they played better in the second half. So against a team like Northside, you're going to have to make sure those adjustments happen before the game or at least early in the game. Um, you, you don't have that window to give up you know, two, three early goals against a team like Northside because if you do that, you know you're not going to win the game. Uh, Avery Atwell, the, the, the star, spot
0: twin soccer, one of the stars. Uh, how would you kind of assess? Because this is what his final farewell. If uh, if the Trailblazers don't advance,
1: yeah, I mean he he's in his final weeks here, and that's like I've said multiple times now in here. I mean he, the, him and and so many. I think it's ten or eleven seniors on that team. Um, they're all just the the core of that team, and, and really the reason why that team is so good. And they're now in their third straight year in the state tournament. Um, I'm sure they would like to go out with at least a couple of wins. Of the state tournament to kind of cap off their careers I mean they've, they've really been the key to kind of turning that spotswood program around under Dan Atwell his dad um, and you know you, going back to what you guys mentioned with the teams right now and they've they've started scheduling more teams to throughout the regular season Charlottesville some of those teams to kind of you know put their put their foot in the water I guess you could say with, with some of those better teams over the mountain and I think Dan Atwell is trying to establish that culture there to, to build a program that will you know be in state contention every year. And no matter what happens
2: in this state tournament for for Spotswood, next year is going to tell us a lot about where this program is is going in terms of s- sustainability. I mean, to lose that many seniors, what to losing ten or eleven, you said. Yeah, ten or eleven. Yeah, and you know, three straight and tournament appearance state tournament appearances, and Dan Atwell is trying to build this culture or build this program. You know all those other schools that we talk about. We talk about Roanoke. We talk about Over the Mountain, and yeah. we t- you know they just it's just it's just a conveyor belt of talent coming in, and coming out. I'm curious to see what this Spotswood program has to conveyor belt in after this year.
0: Yeah, definitely a challenge for sure. Who who's the favorite in this tournament?
1: Uh, I, I mean, Western Albemarle's got to be up there. I would I would think um they. I mean, they showed that against Spotswood on Friday, and I think, you know, those teams over the mountain, like we've already, we've mentioned multiple times, they're just on such a different level, and I think entering Western Albemarle is up there, and then, you know, Northside sh- certainly as well, but, you know, if I had to pick one team right now, I think I'd have to go with Western Albemarle. Gotcha. So that'll be the Class Three Boys Soccer Tournament
0: again, Spotswood at uh, William Byrd High School. The game's being played there, uh, but will face Northside, the Region D right. champion. So... That's 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 how it is as far as the state tournaments go. Cody, where where are you headed tomorrow?
1: I'll be over in Shenandoah for um, Page County and Nottaway softball. So uh, 5 p.m. first pitch, and you know we'll see if they can uh, get back to the state championship game on Saturday. Jim, you had state track this weekend. You were at East Rock for the Class
0: uh, Two track championships, and man, those East Rock girls—they
2: showed up. Yeah, I mean to finish second in state and. You know they they were ahead for most of the day and uh, and then as the day went on you can hear Maggie Walker getting closer and closer and the and then once the distance events come then you know that's Maggie Walker's strength but that I think we we talked about with Spotswood boys soccer we talked about the conveyor belt and wondering if there's going to be a conveyor belt of talent coming in that four by one hundred girls relay team is just a conveyor belt of talent I mean. You know, last year, Rachel Knott, after the second straight, Rachel Knott graduates. Okay, who does he, you know, he moves in uh, Ashley Kreider, uh, who was an alternate last year. This year, they, they lose Kashina Jefferson. Okay, they got Margo Fox, who was running when Michaela Jones was hurt, because this is only the fourth time Michaela Jones ran the race all year, it was in the state championship. So, you know, they're going to slide Margo Fox into that regular rotation. And my guess would be is move Michaela to the anchor slot cuz she's number 3 now and you want your you know you want your speed at the you know at the end and you know I don't think there's anyone on a team faster than you know once Kashina's gone I don't think there's anyone on a team faster than Michaela Jones right
1: no I, I would I would definitely agree with that about Michaela I mean if it wasn't for Kashina she would be the anchor on any other team I would say probably closest to any team in the state I mean she's unbelievable but I mean what a run 3 years in a row I mean it's just unheard of, especially with the relay teams and with, you know, graduation and all that stuff. You don't see that happen very often, if ever, in, in high school track.
2: Yeah, and we give and we give rightfully so we give Lee Stover the the girls' track coach a lot of credit for this. But what you got to what you got to remember here is Zach Mathias, the boys' coach, is the is the quote unquote handoff coach. Okay, now the, you know, yeah, you win your relays with speed, but where you win, where you really really win your relays is with clean handoffs. And I mean, it's just it's like watching a, it's like watching a, a wonderful ballet. I mean, you know. Glenda Lee rodriguez starts it off she's out of the blocks not a lot of speed but she keeps up with the pack and then she hands it perfectly to ashley criders same deal you know ashley doesn't know what's going on because it's a staggered start she doesn't know who's up who's in front who's behind so basically what she told me she just grabs it and runs her butt off okay <laughs> and then she hands it to michaela jones and then now now no, here, well, hello speed you know here's your here's your flat out Turbo, you know That's how you win. Yeah, here's your afterburners right now, okay. And Michaela passing I mean she passed Prince Edward, I believe I forgot who the other school she passed on her third leg, and then she's hands it the Kashina, yeah, and I then it's mean, over. Can
1: you imagine being that third anchor on another team and, and you have the lead and you hear you you know Michaela's coming up on your side and then you know who she's giving it to for that for that final leg. I mean, that's just gotta be I mean, almost it's a demoralizing. Mental, yeah, yeah, I mean it's gotta be a mental aspect to that where you're just like, it, it's over. I mean, you know what's coming.
2: And she was hurt. <laughs> I mean there's there's a there's a You know, I got it's hilarious. I got it. There's a there's a comment on our website today from someone who's like, Well, you know, Mikhail is not in this photo. How dare you know? I you should add a post photo of all four. Okay, number one, post photos have no soul. Okay, you'll you will never see a post photo as the lead photo on the on this front page of this newspaper sports section as long as I'm alive and breathing. Okay,
0: and there's your sports editor take of the day.
2: Yeah, okay, (laughs) two. The reason she wasn't over there is because she was hobbling across. She was, she was hobbling. She couldn't. She could barely walk back across the infield, and she's out there competing. You know, meddling in the long jump and in all state and the triple jump, and she and she's hobbling along the field. I mean, it's just, you know. And she was hurt, and she went out there, and she's passing girls left and right on leg three, and then once you give it to Jefferson, it's over. I mean, it's just. I mean, because a she's got to eat. I mean don't take this the wrong way she's got the easiest job okay she's just getting the hand off then it's just boom she's just she's, she's yeah,
1: international she
2: doesn't have any turns okay she's just running and and it's just it's to watch her run and it's uh you know it's just you know you, you see you, you you see everything torquing. you know you just see the muscles torquing you just it's just it's, it's just it's amazing as she's running over those final few laps. It's, I compare it to the, Meredith Willis, who now runs at James Madison when she was down at George With High School in Withville and she was winning state titles on her own. I mean, it was just it was like that. It was just this power. You just saw on her legs when she was running, you saw the blood pumping through her muscles. That's what it's like watching Kashina on that straightaway.
0: So, East Rockingham. Uh, the four by one hundred team finishing strong. Uh, Jim was there to see. If you want to see our coverage, uh, DNR coverage from that, pick up a paper from today. Uh, big, lots of track coverage in there, including uh, Cody on some of the class three and class five stuff that happened with the local schools as well. Uh, but Jim has a column in there that I suggest you read, and and Tom, our, our stringer, uh, he had uh, he had the story uh, from East Rock's second place. Finish so that's uh, kind of what's been wrapping up as, as the high school season uh, finishes. Uh, of course, you got all the state tournament stuff. Uh, so that's been what's what's going on at the high school side. Uh, the college side it's a little slower as far as as far as what I'm doing and Shane uh, is as JMU sports have, have finished for the year uh, with the softball team bowing out uh, about a week and a half ago in that super regional uh, to UCLA. Uh, the Major League Baseball draft is tonight though uh and i don't know maybe six seven jmu players uh with the possibility of being selected uh, including nick robertson and kevin kelly those are the two most likely uh to be picked over the next three days it's a 40 round event the major league baseball draft robertson uh, he had a five five and one record with a 1.01 era and fifty-four
2: strikeouts over thirty-five and two-thirds
0: innings. The big right hander.
2: He was. He, I mean, he was just so impressive this year. Can you imagine if the NFL draft was forty rounds? It lasts a month and a half. <laughs> I
0: mean, I mean this thing's done in three days. majorly they don't mess around. They, there's no. There's no timer with picks. Just have your guys ready. It's because it's because baseball is so different in the fact that all these teams really rely on those their area scouts. And if their area scout likes a guy, maybe outside the top, I don't know. If you, if you go first, what ten rounds where. Every Everybody's kind of in position to get the top player. After that, it's got to be who some of these regional scouts just like better,
2: and uh, who, who they've gotten close with. And back in the day, they used to do it on conference call. Like you would call in, you would dial in, and you'd just hear these guys, you know, drinking. You know, you hear these these drinking their sodas or their beers and chomping on their cigars, making these picks. It's a great event. I mean, it's just so old school.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's definitely different. I mean, what until uh, ten years ago or so, it wasn't even televised mm-hmm. before the Major League Baseball network uh, existed. So. Uh, this was Marlon Eichenberry. Talk to him. There's a story in paper on Saturday. You can catch up and read up on it on dnronline.com. Uh, but this was Marlon Eichenberry. Just on the interest JMU's gotten uh, this season, kind of more than uh, they've really had since since he's been at the helm.
2: You know, we had a lot of a lot of people following us um, throughout the year and following our guys, which is which is uh, you know a tremendous you know um, compliment to what they've done and kind of how they've progressed. And, you know their work ethic and getting better, and you know, that's kind of a, a neat part of what we do in, in, in the player development side. Is helping you know, them, you know, one, you know, play high level college baseball and see their dream of possible play at the next level. So
0: Nick Robertson is is probably the most likely, along with Kevin Kelly, as I mentioned. Kelly finished seven and seven this year with a 3.26 ERA uh, after a great summer last year at the Cape. Uh, with a 1.25 ERA over 36 innings there. Uh, Jim, you could also have Fox Simones, Shelton Perkins, Brett Ayer, Dan Goggin, and Matt Marsili taken. And, and the big deal, Jim, uh, just with this is that. A couple of these guys could be gone for, from JMU because Robertson, Kelly, Simones, Perkins, and Ayer, they're all underclassmen still, so they'll have a decision to make. And that's, that's kind of what the biggest thing about this Major League Baseball draft is from the college side is Eikenberry's got to figure out who's coming back, who's not.
2: Yeah, and I, but I, and, I, with, and this, the flip to that is I like Eikenberry's attitude on this. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's meant, you know, in your story Saturday, he talks about it. He's like, you know, it's you know, yeah, you don't want to see these guys go, but at the same point, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great recruiting tool. And, I mean, if these guys come back with kind of like, I, yeah, I guess you can call it a breakout year, breakout year in Ikenberry, They won 30 games for the first time in forever. Yeah, they got to the you know? CA tournament. Yeah, they got yeah. to the CA tournament for the first time under Ikenberry. No, he uh, won the second time. They yeah. won 2016. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a great recruiting tool, and, and you know, maybe it helps you – you know, once again, conveyor belt. You know, maybe it helps you conveyor belt in some talent from some of these high schools that try out recruiting. Hey, look, you know, here's Kevin Kelly. Look at him. He's... He's in the Blue Jay system, you know, or whoever system. Hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come and put yourself in the Blue Jay system someday? Get yourself a look-see. Get yourself that paycheck maybe after your junior year. Hopefully, a bigger paycheck after your senior year. So I get all four years out of you, right? And, and and that's that's the thing too, uh, as far as the
0: recruiting side goes. If 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 Eikenberry, and he's recruited pretty well since he's been here, but if he wants to start getting some of those players that that have a UVA offer. Uh, or have an Old Dominion offer, have a Tech offer, you're know, you going to want to start ushering some kids to the minor league system, to the big leagues, uh, because that, they'll look at that and say, oh, you know, JM, you did produce a couple of guys under Eikenberry. So uh, Major League Baseball draft over the next three days, uh, that's something to pay attention to if you're a James Madison baseball fan. Uh, Nick Roberts and Kevin Kelly expected to go earlier uh, than some of the other guys. Uh, so those are your two names to watch, I would say, of the six or seven that could be drafted uh, from JMU, and then also, uh, I've got some early football looks this week in the paper, uh, which you know, JMU's is there old, a such thing? as an early football look? It's just like the constant season that never ends uh, with JMU. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 you know, it really is. There's always something to write about, but uh, they're less than 90 days away uh, from kickoff. Uh, first story is probably going to be online shortly, mm-hmm. uh, and in the paper tomorrow. Uh, for early look at West Virginia, the Mountaineers, JMU will go uh, play their FBS game at West Virginia. This was West Virginia coach Neil Brown, uh, who spent some time in, in the old A10 when James Madison was there before it became the CAA. This was Neil Brown, the West Virginia coach on JMU. Uh,
2: they, I've got a lot of respect for them. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually played against them when when I was finishing my my career at, at UMass. <laughs> Coached against them in the A-10 and then the CAA when I was at Delaware and at UMass as a coach, um, and then watched from afar as they built that program. I mean, just just a lot of respect for them. Um, a program that's done it the right way, that's that's had uh, sustained success, which is extremely difficult regardless of the level. And um, and so um, a lot of respect for them. It's uh, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for us. We're a really inexperienced football team.
0: So that look at West Virginia will start uh, all the early looks, and then you'll, you'll kind of get a feel for all the teams JMU will play uh, this coming season. So Jim will be busy uh, with state <laughs> tournament stuff uh, this week. He'll, he'll have plenty of coverage, as, as will Cody. Well, you'll be eating lobster up in Maine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm headed on vacation. I love stories for you, you though. You can't did. you can't no, complain. No, I'm
2: not complaining at all, man. Very few people leave me stories when they go on vacation. You're one of them. So there, so there you go.
0: So even though I'm going up on vacation, uh, there it is. We said we moved the podcast up to get all the state games in, but we we probably really moved it because I'm going on vacation.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Okay. Well, that's fine. I'm happy about it. Uh, but we'll be back anyway next week. Uh, kind of talk about what happened in some of these state tournament games, some of these state championship games. Uh, maybe if if some of these teams can get to Saturday Uh, we'll talk about it next week on another edition of the Rocktown Sports Pod but until then uh, big thanks to Jim and Cody, Uh, I am Greg Medea saying thanks for tuning in